0: Welcome to the Women and Investing podcast. I'm Moira O'Neill, Head of Personal Finance at Interactive Investor, and I'm delighted to be joined today by three ladies who invest. We have Faith Glasgow, who's Editor of Money Observer, Rachel Rickard-Strauss, Editor of Moneywise; and Gemma Jackson, Head of PR at Interactive Investor. We're going to talk about why women in why women don't invest, why they should, um, why you should always think about using stocks and shares ISAs, and also the benefits of regular investing. Faith, can I start with you? Mm. You have some fantastic stats about women and investing. Could you give me the
1: most interesting ones? Well, I think the question to ask is is why it's so difficult for women to to invest in the first place. Um, The bottom line is that we we tend to be handicapped all the way down the line. We live longer. So we have to build up a bigger retirement fund because we're gonna be retiring for longer. We're gonna be out of work for longer. Um, But at the same time, the gender pay gap means that um, on the whole, we're going to earn less during our working lives. uh, And therefore we'll have less chance to build up pensions than men do. Um I found some stats uh, yesterday morning in fact, which uh, illustrated this. Um, they revealed that that um, women are twice as likely as men not to be saving at all for their retirement. Uh, more than a third of women have no pension compared with 17% of men. And of, of that third, 40% of women have no intention of starting a pension either, which I just think is absolutely terrifying. That's so certainly very scary
0: stats, yeah. but what, why, what are the main reasons why we should be trying to reverse this and why women should be, or should be considering investing getting started to grips with this stuff?
1: Um, well, the bottom line is that they're going to have um, less money when they when they retire. Um, it's not actually just about having less money. Um, they are also, women are also generally um, more risk-averse when they are investing than men are, and that is also holding holding us back. Um, Aegon did some research uh, quite recently, which found that two-thirds of women say they have little or no appetite for risk And they'd rather accept very, very low returns in in return for a minimal chance that their money will actually go down in value. Uh, And in in comparison, only, well, less than half of the men they asked. said the same. Because women are generally very good at
0: saving, aren't they? They're very good at putting money into the bank. Yeah, very good at saving, um, yeah. And they're very good at using things like cash ices, mm. but not um, investing and putting money into the stock market. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, what uh, women have said to me, for example, that they, um, they don't really they feel patronised by the investment industry when they speak to financial advisors. They feel they're being talked down to. There's a lot of lack of confidence around that, around uh, investing, and um, it's not a. You know, some some women are desperate to learn
1: about this stuff, but don't know where to start. Yes, I think that all of that's very true. Um, so they're very they're frightened of financial risk, but they also find there's far too much jargon in the investment world, and and providers really need to have a think about this. Um fidelity did some some research uh, I, re- earlier this year uh, and found that communication from providers was described as complicated, incomprehensible, and intimidating. I mean, that just kind of says it all, doesn't it really if if women are unable to be perfectly intelligent women are unable to understand what is being told, said to them by these financial providers. But interesting, once they make
0: it through those barriers, the investors who we see on Interact Investors platform, the women, don't invest that differently to the men. So, once they mm. can get through everything, they actually um, get equally as engaged, Get some of them get really into it, even even to the point of becoming traders.
1: Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's just getting over the hurdles. I think there are other hurdles as well that need to be need to be addressed and clearly a lot of women just feel it's not relevant to their lives it's maybe something that that they see you know men in suits doing or it may just be something that they leave to their husbands and their husbands have always done it maybe it, I, in fact I think this is the case that often women are the the managers of day-to-day household finances but the long-term finance they just tend to to know very little about. Yeah. And that can be a real problem for older women. Um, if they're divorced or if they become widowed, they are really up a gum tree because they don't. Thrown
0: in at the deep end without yes. any knowledge at yeah. all. Exactly. It's a dangerous position to be in. Yes. Now, um, thank you very much, Faith. Can I uh, talk to Rachel now about um, how you think uh, women should begin to think about this and what how they should start investing? There's lots of different um,
2: products that over the years the government has launched to encourage all of us to invest for our own futures. We live in an increasingly ageing society, so we're going to have um, probably less support from the state, and so we need to look after ourselves. So there are brilliant things with huge tax incentives like pensions, um, and, and that's a great place to start. Um, but if you're looking to start investing in um, in stocks and shares, ISAs are an absolute winner. Um, so it's probably not worth thinking about until you've paid off your, your big debts, not things like mortgages and student loans, but things like credit card debt, store card debt, get that out of the way. Once you've done that, bank three months um, minimum, um, it's recommended around three to six months of um, earnings so that if you are in a bit of a pickle at any point, your car breaks down, um, something goes wrong with your boiler, you're out of work, you're okay, you have easy access to cash. So Cash ICE is a wonderful place to start. They are by far the most popular um, of the ISA products. Um, but if you really want your money to start working for you, you're not going to get that from a cash ISA. Uh, you you might be able to just about beat inflation if you lock away your money for two years, for five years. Um, but if you want an easy access, not a chance. Your money will be eroded um, just by leaving it sitting there. So if you want your money to work hard, and I imagine you do, you've worked hard for it yourself, you've got to start looking at a stocks and shares ISA. Um, I should mention what one is. Um, so lots of people, I think, think that um, an ISA is an investment itself. It's not. It's a. There's lots of different analogies that are, are used for it: um, a wrapper, an umbrella, a box. Um, but it's essentially something that um, you can put either cash into, in the case of of, a cash ISA, or in the case of a stocks and shares ISA, you can put in um, funds, shares, bonds. Bonds tend to be in funds as well. Um, Up to the value of £20,000. You can have um, one of each type of visor, that doesn't matter, so long as you
0: don't breach that £20,000, yes. um, which for most people is, is not necessarily their biggest concern. You can also put in a lot less than £20,000. Many people start investing from with £25 a month and just build it up gradually, don't they?
2: Exactly. So and I think that £20,000 number can sound quite intimidating, but the average amount put um, into an, in, into any type of visor is about six grand a year. Um, and six grand is great. I mean, you're well on your way there. Um, so, yeah, whatever you have, if you can afford, yeah, as you say, um, 25 quid a month makes a huge difference in the long term. I did
1: see some stats, actually. We, we ran a, a piece in our uh, latest issue on how to become an ISA millionaire, and we had some stats in there uh, that showed if you put, if you put away £6,400, which I think is the average... Amount put into an ISA into a stocks and shares ISA each year. If you did that, it would and it was growing at um, I think seven percent. It would take you about thirty six years to become an ISA millionaire. So there's some food for thought.
0: Yeah
1: right, very achievable. Very. I'm I'm going to be one. Me, me. (laughs) So Rachel, what what else
0: do we need to know about stocks and shares ISAs? Um, Well. I've said how wonderful
2: they are, but I don't think I've really justified why. Um, so the main reason is they are tax-free. There's absolutely no tax on anything um, that goes on in your ISA. A tax person cannot get hold of it. So in the case of a, a cash ISA, there's no... Um, there's no tax to pay on the interest. In the case of a stocks and Shares ISA, there are three main taxes that you tend to incur when you're investing. Um, one is capital gains, the second is um, tax on dividends, and the third is tax on interest. Um, you don't pay a penny of any of those if your money is um, stashed in a stocks and Shares ISA. Of course, you do have... Um, allowances for each of those. So you have a two grand dividend allowance, 12 grand capital gains tax allowance every year. So you may think, well, uh, I'm never going to really achieve those kinds of levels anyway. So what's the point? Um, But the point is due to the effect of compounding, whereby the the returns that you have (laughs)
0: yeah compounding is a tricky one isn't it oh my goodness every
2: time i try and explain it i have to take a deep
0: breath although it is meant to be the eighth wonder of the world according to albert einstein um because it's so it has such a powerful effect over time
2: Mm. and that's
0: that's really the thing
2: that's going to get your isopop to grow of course it's going to be your own contributions but it's um contributing regularly and over a long period of time and your money quickly starts to accrue and you could very well uh, in time start to breach those allowances so best stash it in the first place in a stocks and shares isa and then you don't have to put anything on it if you if you do your um self-assessment you don't have to
0: put anything like that it's just much simpler Thanks, Rachel. That was a really good explanation of stocks and Shares ISAs, and now I'm going to talk to Gemma about um, the benefits
3: of regular investing. Yeah, I'm all about practicing what what I preach, and I've learned the hard way that whilst over the long term, lump sum investing tends to outperform. Um, Over the short term, we've had a lot more bumps in the road. You never know when you might need that money. And I've learned this the hard way. Um, So, sometimes regular investing out of your monthly income, £50 a month, can just help remove some of those stomach churning highs and lows in the price of shares.
0: Yeah, and we all know the stock market does have ups and downs over time, and you're a great believer in this being a a discipline
3: that you just stick to through thick and thin. Can you tell me? Sure, absolutely. Well, it's just so hard to time the market. Um, And quite often, really, really great years follow really bad years, which is why just keep drip feeding that money along the way can be so helpful. It's known as pound cost averaging, which is a fantastic piece of industry jargon. But it just basically means that you buy less shares when prices are high more when prices are low and it smooths out the highs and lows in the price of shares. So it's a really fantastic discipline, but you do have to stick with it.
0: Yeah. But it also means you don't need to be thinking so much about the economy or worrying about your investments so much because you know, you know you're know you drip feeding. As you say, you know you're kind of picking up bargains
3: when the stock market falls. As you well, are, yeah. absolutely. And, and going back to what I was saying before about how great years can often follow terrible ones. A long time ago now, 1974, even before I was born. It was a really bad year for the UK. We had the three-day week, the oil crisis. I think the FTSE all all share tanked by about 55%, but the following year was great. And, you know, regular investing during those ups and downs can really be a good long-term strategy because absolutely you can pick up some cheap shares. You know when times are tough, and and buy less shares when when those prices are toppy.
0: Yeah, and that, of course the benefit of it going out of your salary as a direct debit every month is that you don't get used to having that money and frittering it away on something that might not
3: have been worth spending it on anyway so i think it's a is a good practice for everybody absolutely and it also means that you don't sort of get distracted by the short-term noise i'm not looking at my portfolio the whole time i'm just just letting my regular investing do its thing great well thank you very much Gemma. Thanks also to Faith
0: Glasgow of Money Observer, Rachel Rickard Strauss of MoneyWise and thank you for listening.